0: Welcome to the Garden Culture Podcast, hosted by me, Bailey Van Tassel. I'm a self-taught gardener, busy wife and mother, and small business owner on a mission to live a garden-inspired life. Each month, we will explore what's going on in the garden and fields, as well as get to know incredible people who infuse their own lives with the magic of the garden. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned here, please visit us at baileyvantassel.com podcast. You guys are in for such a treat today. We are chatting with chef Whitney Aronoff, who is from Starseed Kitchen and has an incredible story, literally just following her intuition into cooking, going to culinary school and pursuing high vibration living and cooking. And it's displayed through her personal chef work, through her own line of herbs and spices, but it all comes down to this premise of marrying food, wellness and spirituality, and her and I originally had a conversation literally about knowing the ripeness and the nutrition in our homegrown veggies versus anything else and really getting together and resonating on what food can do for your life and not just high vibration food, but also seasonal eating and how to prepare it and then how that transcends into and throughout your entire life. Whitney is such a joy to chat with and she has so many interesting perspectives. You guys are absolutely going to love her. I cannot wait for you to hear what she has to say. Hello, beautiful Miss Whitney. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you on so many levels because I feel like there's this beautiful intersection that we're gonna hit. I just know at some point, And I want to jump into it, but before we do, um, I would actually love, and I've specifically not really even asked you this, but I would love to hear how you define what it is that you do. So I'm a health supportive chef, and
1: I would say my goal as a chef in this modern world is to teach people how to nourish themselves through food and help them understand that food is a vibration. And when we consume real whole foods and less processed food. It naturally helps us better connect with who we really are and our inner guidance so we can manifest, so we can get clarity, so we can make better decisions for our life, so we can just have a better, healthier, more balanced life. And so as a chef, my goal is to teach people about high vibration foods and how foods affect all the layers of themselves, their physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental bodies.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So I love this so much. And just to jump straight into it, because we've talked about this, I always describe to people that I feel like I can feel like vibrationally the difference between homegrown food and mass market grocery store food specifically but even sometimes i feel like the farmer's market um there's an element of difference there too but like Mm -hmm. i can tell when something in my garden is ripe just by touch um because the weight and the vibration is different and therefore the food comes out entirely different and when i was first exploring that idea i feel like some people looked at me like i was crazy um Mm -hmm. even people that are really into like regenerative ag and and you know, the sort of, I don't know how to say it, but like the good way of growing food, they're kind of like, okay. But um, how did you uncover this and get into this? Like, tell me a little bit about that journey. Did you grow up cooking? Where did you go to school? Like, oh my gosh, tell me all the background. So I completely agree with
1: you. And I have that same experience, whether it's at grocery stores or farmer's markets, There are certain stands that you're drawn to and ones that you aren't. And then I find after I do the research, it makes perfect sense as to why. Because just because it's at a farmer's market, there are farmer's market vendors that aren't growing their food. Yeah. So I was born in San Diego and I actually grew up until the age of seven on an avocado farm in the Uh San Juan Valley. And my parents hand planted with their best friends over 40 avocado trees. We had our own citrus, lemons, limes, you know, macadamia nuts, all sorts of things. Um, and then when I was seven, we moved to Lugan Beach, my mom's hometown. Um, but my grandparents moved back on the farm. So mm-hmm. I never really had to leave that place. Um, and the San Pasqual San Valley is such a beautiful special little valley in San Diego with a stream running through it and I've San I've never Pasquale, even heard of
0: this and I went really. to college in San Diego.
1: Yeah, so San Pasqual is the patron saint of cooks. So oh. I was I was born and brought home to the Valley of the Patron Saint of Cooks on a that little the farm. It's why. Yes. Um and so That's the environment that I grew in, just that like dreamy California rolling hills with the perfectly lined avocado trees. Mm. And then we moved up to Laguna Beach. um, And I grew up in what had been my great grandparents' beach house. And Mm. as a seven year old, I performed my own ceremony outside on the rocks that overlooked the valley to process having to leave that home and moving on to the next home. And I remember my dad, I brought my dad to it. He witnessed it. I had like my magic sticks and I performed a whole ceremony to close out this chapter of our life so we can move on to the next one. And that was just innately within me. Like no one taught me that. I didn't see a movie about that. You know, this was 1988. So I think, as you know, as a mother, just a lot of stuff is already in us and with us. Um, And then the people around us, our environments, there's so many other factors that kind of bring this out of us or help mold and shape that. But it was just within me. And if you ask my parents, especially my mom, she would tell me, or she would say that she recognized that I had the natural psychic abilities that run in her female line when I was two and a half years old. So- For me, I get activated by land. So my psychic abilities turn on and increase and expand according to where I am in the world. Different places I visit are what kind of turn on an extra layer, an extra skill. So different places I've gone on vacations throughout my life have done that, but also that move to my great-grandparents' home in Laguna Beach that turned on another skill and so these skills just keep activating throughout my life and when i was you know when i was in my early 30s i was living in washington dc and i literally just woke up one day and was like i have to go to culinary school i have to go to a health supportive culinary school um i have to learn how to cook vegetables in new delicious health supportive ways um my my path is in health and wellness and through mm-hmm. food, but I need to go and get the credentials to do it. And this was, you know, 2014 when mm-hmm. I had that kind of awakening, went to culinary school in 2015. And I just believed back then that we were entering a time where it was going to be really important for people to actually have the credentials to back up their skills. And like, mm-hmm. if we look at where we are now, like- Everyone is a master of everything, and mm-hmm. you can announce that you're an expert at whatever you want tomorrow, but it's really important to find the people that, that practice what they preach, that really know those skills, because um, there's so much more that you can learn from them rather than the ones that are just regurgitating what's on the internet. Um, so that's yeah. kind of like, <laughs> I think that's, that's enough of where where Yeah, I,
0: yeah. I have so many questions. Um, this is so incredible. So I guess I'm curious now. Well, quick question about culinary school. So were you, um... With that health focus, was that harder to find training for, and how does that differ from if you just go to like the Cordon Bleu or something like that?
1: Yeah, so I went to the Natural Gourmet Institute in New York City, um, which was founded by Dr. Amory Colbin in 1970, and it was the only health-supportive culinary school in the United States for most of the past 30, 40 years. And and Dr. Amory Colbin actually studied with Michio Kushi who is the modern founder of Macrobiotics and who started Erewhon. Oh my God. Okay. We're going to talk about Erewhon also. It's not wild. Yeah, but, that like, is wild. but so she studied with him in Boston and ultimately got her doctorate degree, wanted to start a culinary school that mm-hmm. taught people how to cook from scratch again, because it was the seventies and, and, you know, the- After World War II is when everyone started using canned food and the processed food revolution really started. And and she knew that the foundation of health and well-being was cooking from scratch and that all the traditional ways of preparing food were getting lost. And so that was the foundation for the culinary school that she started in New York City. And to be honest, like I didn't even look for culinary schools. It's Mm -hmm. like I heard that name, I Googled it, I asked for the application and In October, I said to myself, I'm going to figure out a way to take a sabbatical from my job to go to this culinary school in the new year. Um, About six weeks later, I got laid off from my job. There was no reason to not go. And I filled
0: out the application. They accepted me and off I went a few months later. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. So how did it translate then once you got through culinary school? How did you use this experience? And was that really affirming for you? Like once you went to culinary school, were you like, obviously this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So in
1: culinary school, every day was the best day of my life. Uh, There is nothing like learning something that you're actually passionate about. It's an experience that I realized I never had my entire Mm. life. Even, Even going to college, like, to wake up every day and be so excited about what you're learning to not be able to get enough of your assigned the assigned reading all the activities that they had on the weekends all the extracurricular classes you could take like I just loved it I uh, didn't want to leave uh, and so what was interesting is when it was over I didn't know what to do I I went to culinary school not to be a chef I went uh, to culinary school because I simply wanted to learn for myself, but then because I wanted to work in the health and wellness space, and I wanted to write cookbooks and share this information mm. with others. And I even back then, I wanted to do a podcast, and I was already a podcast junkie. But I didn't know how to start. Mm. and you know, there's there's not really a guide to how to start your own businesses. And I also went because I wanted to create my own food products. Um, and it was just, you know, having all the ideas in my head of what I wanted to create, having the vision of what I wanted my life look like and not knowing how to start and having no one to turn to, to kind of help guide me in that direction. Um, So I really stumbled for quite a few years, Um, just working in restaurants and then starting as a personal chef and then um, working for you know, luxury appliance companies and kind of just stumbling Mm. Um, and things slowly evolving in that direction.
0: So when did the sort of high vibration component of food come into play for you? So that
1: had been with me from the beginning, but I was scared to say it out loud and share it with other people because I was really scared about how I was going to be judged and people were going to react. I tend to be a little too ahead of my time. And so I was scared to use the term starseed kitchen or high Mm. vibration foods back in 2015, 2016, 2017, because I didn't want people to think that like I was into aliens and (laughs) conspiracy theories. Like I wanted people to understand that, you know, food has a vibration, just like we know water has a vibration, just like, we know, you have a vibration and I didn't feel like people were ready for that conversation. Now mm-hmm. you could find you could find some information like that at like the super hippie health food stores across the country mm-hmm. in a book that had a little dust on it in like the back mm-hmm. corner. like that information was out there. But I didn't feel like it was something that I could be sharing on Instagram, on Facebook, or on a blog. Um, so again, like I had to work through, I had to do a lot of inner work to get comfortable sharing my point of view about food and understanding that I'm safe and nothing's going to happen to me if I'm honest and show up and share what I know and especially what I know to be true. So
0: it's been a, it's taken a lot. I had to evolve for my businesses to evolve. For sure. For sure. I understand that. Um, so when it does come to choosing ingredients for you now, is it very vibrational for you? Or do you feel like there are some ingredients that are always going to shine and really sing? Um, are there certain dishes that you really, really like to make? Is it really personal? Like, do you find like some people just vibe more with certain types of food? That so it's interesting.
1: And why? In one. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting when I'm shopping for myself versus shopping for my clients. So it's really easy once I've gotten to know my clients to know where they are on the spectrum of health supportive eating. And, mm. you know, a lot of people are like good, better, best. You know, mm-hmm. I am at the furthest spectrum where I can taste if someone used a boxed broth in the mm. food that they popped for me mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. versus like I would never use a boxed broth. For myself. I would never buy that. Like I make my own bone broths and freeze them or I buy the frozen version because I know anything that's on a shelf um, that's pasteurized is a dead food. There's no vibration. There's no life force. So there's no purpose
0: of consuming it. Um, now- Oh obviously- my gosh, wait. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Sorry. Like a moment of silence for that. Like if it's pasteurized, it's dead food and it just doesn't even- serve it doesn't you or have vibration, you. Yep. And there's no life force energy in it, right? So like what we're looking
1: for is life force energy. So mm. you and I can fill ourselves up with prana, with life force energy, with chi in a variety of ways. We can go outside and we can put our face in the sun. We can do yoga. We can do breath work. We can do meditation. All that stuff fills you with energy. And you notice if you ever go on a retreat or like Really spend a long day at the beach, you don't end up eating as much food because you're filled with so much life force energy from the sun, from the joy that you get at that beach day. And the same is happening with food. Like, and you know this as a gardener, like I'm sure you've noticed that when you eat food that you picked and prepared, you eat less than oh. if you go to a grocery store or at a restaurant because the food is so less nutrient dense and there's such less life force energy. And so that's what I'm trying to get people to understand, especially if they're having a problem kind of letting go to some processed foods. Like there's one thing if there's an emotional attachment to and and it's really bringing you a lot of joy. Like I think it's okay to hold on to, mm-hmm. but. What's the purpose of doing dead food? Like, so, you know, it's the holiday season. I like live for cranberry sauce. They're so, it's so good for you. It's a mm. great antioxidant. And I make my cranberry sauce with fresh oranges. So the zest and the fresh juice of an orange and some dates and a little water and it all cooks together and it's delicious and it's healthy and it feels good. I don't know why anyone in this day and age where cranberries are shipped everywhere from the East Coast... That you would go for it in a can like there's nothing there for you you know mm-hmm. it was a great invention for an excess amount of cranberries that needed to be saved mm. and or an excess amount of cranberries that needed to be saved and shipped across the country to support you know our troops and military overseas yeah. but this food is not meant for everyday living and that's not how it was created you know canned food was created to feed our military overseas, there was an excess after the war. So they sold it to us and they yeah. marketed really well to save women yeah. time in the kitchen. And it worked really well for all the military you know, locations in the US that had um, cafeterias, worked well for schools that had cafeterias because people were able to prepare food faster. They needed less workers. They could save money. But like this is not food to live on.
0: Well, and I feel like just the industrialization of the country, it—it's like I—it's just such an inconvenient truth, and it stole so much joy and satisfaction. And I truly think, even still, I was just talking, having a different conversation with someone about this when it comes to how much we like outsource our, um, just our ability to make a solid judgment because we've allowed marketing to dictate so much of what we believe to be true. And um, gardening, I feel like it had to come back into the fold when it was such a huge part of of everyday life. And I'm even talking pre-Victory Gardens, pre-World War II. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that became sort of a mandate in a way that people could help, but it's just, um, yeah, the whole that whole shift, I feel like on so many levels and so many areas of our lives has been such a downgrade for us. But marketed as an upgrade. An upgrade. Yeah. Which is just, I feel like we're in, I feel like we're in a little bit of a renaissance right now, truly, where people are kind of having a reawakening and I don't know, reevaluating the way everything's done and why it's done and just all that good stuff. Um, Yeah.
1: I invite people when they're at the grocery store because I know a lot of people are tied to budget, right? Um, we all want to be abundant, but sometimes the reality is like, you have to manage how much you're spending on groceries. So like always think good, better, best. Like ideally you'd buy the frozen bone broth for your soup or your chili or your gravy. Um, I mean, for, for me, if I, if I can't get the real thing, I'll just use water. Um, but if you're someone that really wants to do a broth in your soup or chili, and you can't afford the frozen stuff, and there's nothing nearby, and you do the box, then see what else you can upgrade in your meal. So make sure your carrot, celery, and onion are fresh. Don't do canned beans. Just make your own beans from scratch. And then I don't even do canned tomatoes in my chili. You know, I just get tomatoes and slice them up and put them in my chili. So like most of my recipes... I avoid anything that's canned or packaged and it's completely possible because that's the way most of these recipes were created in the first yeah. place.
0: For sure, for so sure.
1: For me, where I am in as a chef and in my spiritual practice, I can't have processed food because it just affects my ability to hear myself and feel myself. Like it has such a my food has such a profound effect on my psychic abilities and the my abilities just to navigate my life that I can't afford to eat processed food and not feel good the next day. And I think more and more people are realizing they don't have time to waste on not feeling great every morning.
0: Well, I was going to say, do you think that most people are like maybe similar to you and just are awake to that fact? Like most people are walking around in a little bit of a fog because of their diet, but they just are as attuned to it? I think they think that's life and that's yeah. what happens with age.
1: And I think we can get clearer and clearer and more and more energetic because no matter what, you can make better choices today than you did yesterday or even than your younger self you know, made. And so you can find yourself in a place where you felt better than you did 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I think that's possible. And I think the foundation is food. Everything else we do on top of that, all those wellness hacks, the yoga, the walks, the time outside, all the machines, you know, the vitamin drips, like the saunas, like everything else that people are doing. Mm. I think that's dessert. I think that's mm. great. Why not round it out? But I think your diet is the foundation. And if you can get that right, I think your expansion possibilities are
0: yeah. beyond. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you've been able to take your knowledge, your passion, everything, and you've developed an herb and spice label. So people yeah. can go like buy their own seasonings, essentially. I want to hear more about this because I think that, I think one of the most underrated things you can do is grow your own herbs and spices because similar to you, I almost feel like it's like an instant lift vibrationally. Um <laughs> flavor wise and for me like the experience of running out to the garden and picking stuff is like why I do it but I mean I still also supplement with buying herbs and spices too but I'd love to hear how you developed like what are the blends you have how do you develop them how do you source the ingredients how do you make it happen like let's dig into that that's so crazy and so cool yeah, so my brand is called Starseed
1: Kitchen. And I have two different organic spice blends. One's called 11 Magic Herbs and Spices and the other is Adobo. And when I was in high school, my dad started making our own spice blends. Mm. And then when I went off to college and in my 20s, I'd come home you know, every six months, I'd make huge batches of the blends and I would take them back to wherever I was living. And that's how I seasoned my food. So mm. I would never as a woman... I feel like women are like, women don't like sauces. Men love sauces. And I feel like women see a sauce and they think calories, extra fat, I need Mm. to avoid it. And so I always naturally lean towards dry rubs to season my food Mm. because I knew I was just getting dried herbs and spices, right? There's no extra fat or oil or sugar or ingredients that you aren't aware of, but- How we've evolved in the spice industry is Mm -hmm. if you go to the grocery store and you buy any spice blends, they all have maldextrin, citric acid, sugar, anti-caking agents, MSG, so much junk in it. So I continue to upgrade these spice blends that we'd always been making in in our family with organic spices, non-irradiated spices. So spices that haven't been hit with radiation in order to kill microorganisms that they Maybe are there, maybe not there, but the irradiation (laughs) process, um, which I learned about in culinary school, we can have a whole conversation about that later. Um, but as long as you buy organic food, your food has not been irradiated when it's been brought into this country. And you Mm. want to avoid that because, you know, if we're talking about the vibration of food, like we don't need extra radiation on our food. Mm. Um, so I really started making my organic spice blends for myself and then as a personal chef started putting it on my client's food because it's more health supportive than a marinade and any spice blends that were out there. And they started to like it so much and they wanted to share it with their friends that I thought, wow, I've been sitting on my dream the whole time. Like I went to culinary school knowing that I wanted to have my own food product line someday and it had already been with me for so many years. So, crazy. Um, so I finally started sharing them in 2000 and... Continue to do so because, as you know, spices and herbs that are dried are concentrated versions of the real thing, right? And like how amazing to get that energy in such a concentrated form that's providing flavor and nutrient density. And so, my adobo blend, I had tried other adobo blends on the market and I thought, I could add more turmeric in here. Like I Mm -hmm. could sneak in more turmeric in here so I can add additional anti-inflammatory elements in a spice that not a lot of people like the flavor. Um, And then I can Mm -hmm. eat it more often because you have to eat it with fat, you know, so in order to get the benefits from the turmeric. So my anti-inflammatory adobo has more turmeric in it than any other adobo that I've seen on the market. And, you know, everything that I sell is what I use myself and what yeah. I use on my clients. And it's just been so much fun to
0: to share it with others. It's, it's what lights me up. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. Well, I think it's so incredible. Just, I mean, this is what we need more in the world. It's like people that are so lit up by what they do and always refining their process and listening to their intuition on the route to go. But I feel like these are the tiny changes that people can make in their lives, like, let's say you're not going to do a giant garden, but you can start buying better herbs and spices. Like any major change I've made in my life has been incremental. That's just how I do it. It's like, okay, I'm yes. going to no longer use any enriched or fortified flour and grain products or whatever. Where My husband and I just did this deep dive on folic acid usage and who can mm-hmm. and can't process it. And we're like in that rabbit hole. Um, but I think those little changes make it so much easier to then realize like, okay, I made this great decision and it served me really well. It's like, do another, do another kind of like habit stacking, but like change stacking.
1: I completely agree with you. And so the concept that we refer to it back in culinary school is, and they refer to it in the health and wellness space, is called the boomerang effect. So Mm. let's say- You went out for pizza last night and now tomorrow you're going to start your cleanse. That would be like a major boomerang, right? Like you didn't prep your body. You didn't Mm. slowly lean up to eating, you know, less meat, adding in more whole foods, slowly moving into a raw diet for a day or two, and then going on the juice cleanse. You just like stopped what you were doing and fully made a hard turn. That's not going to be great for your body because when you come off the cleanse, you're then going to boomerang back. You're going to go back to the habits that weren't serving you too hard and too fast, that you'll then have not gained the benefits. And I think it's the same when we're trying to upgrade little elements of our life. Just, you know, you never start by going to run a marathon, you start by running half a mile.
0: Well, and why do we? I feel like, I don't know if it's an American thing or a humanity thing, but it's like, why do we, I feel like as people, we almost want that. It's like, okay, I'm just gonna make a 180 degree change. I'm gonna wake up tomorrow different. It's like, show yourself some respect and like do it, you know, do it right or, or do it in a way that's manageable and maintainable as opposed so, to, and I mean, this is so well-timed. I feel like, cause we're heading into, you know, the last part of the year where everyone's now all of a sudden panicking about, Health, fitness, diet goals, and they want to like wake up Jan- J1 new person, you know?
1: Yeah, just baby steps, like one goal every day. You know, you can get like a giant calendar and set little goals for yourself every day, or you can just, you know, set weekly goals for yourself. But the visualization I find really helps me putting up the signs around the house to keep me focused and accountable for those days where it just feels hard and it feels so out of reach um, Having the signs up around your house reminds you that you know at one point you believed that you could change. Mm-hmm. So you know you just get back on track. Don't let whatever happened out there today, you know, stop you from trusting.
0: Yeah, that
1: that you can make it happen.
0: You know what I saw somewhere, and I like loved this. And maybe it's something that I'll do because. Um, but a girl shared like having a physical calendar. And each day she had like three goals she was trying to hit. So it would be like, let's say meditation, some sort of fitness, and then like taking her vitamins, hypothetical. And she had a different like stroke that she would mark on the calendar day. So for Monday, she would do like a line if she did her meditation. And then Tuesday, she would like connect the line through Tuesday and through Wednesday. So by the end of the week, you could see like a full straight line or a wavy line for your exercise or whatever, or you skipped your days and then you could see and it created a pattern. And what I see it as is, and I've learned this in, I really enjoy the mundane of my life. I do feel like it's really magical, um, but sometimes you just catch yourself vlogging. And so I've tried to make things really craveable. Anyways, tying this all together, the calendar moment, it feels really craveable because it's like you really want to be able to like do the through line and you really want to be able to check off the list a little bit. And I feel like finding those habits creates like the neural pathway to help you crave that and then do it more naturally at least.
1: Yeah, you have to feel little successes along the way. And I'm trying to figure out how I want to set that up for myself in the new year. Mm-hmm. I love the five-minute journal. I find with the five-minute journal, and the reason why I know that's one of the habits I want to keep doing in the new year is because it helps you see how quickly you can manifest. just And manifest really simple things in our lives. So I can write down on a day that I know where I'm really busy and it's going to be a long day and who knows how long I'm going to be out of the house. I can write down that I want to be home by five. And for some magical reason, I'm able to get Mm. all my work done in that window and I'm home by five. It works every time because I've set that intention. And so there's little things that that journal helps you Set an intention for, and then you find that your body and your mind and the universe just syncs to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, are there other tools out there that you love to use
0: every day or weekly so you set your goals and hit them? Oh, man, I mean, this is something I need to work on. But, but um, I have used the five minute journal please. and loved it, and I need to get back to practice. I used to wake up every morning. I wake up before my kids. Like I try to shoot for an hour, but since My nine-month-old, it's hit or miss if he sleeps through the night. I try to give myself that rest. And it's just kind of like, what are the priorities? Like, we're in a crazy space. Um, But if I can get up, I used to do – I was following The Artist's Way for a while. Have you heard of that book? I have heard of that book, yeah. And I've always heard great things about it, but I've never read it. So fantastic. Highly recommend to literally anyone. You don't need to be creative, although I feel like you are. Um, But I was doing, like, free writing and journaling in there for a while which was really helpful um i've done the five minute journal and stuff like that but for me i like for next year um meditation is going to be a big cornerstone for life and just getting in that habit but i've always had a really strong gratitude practice um since i was really little my mom was always really into that and like child of divorce so my mom always had she was you know she went through like her self-help phase when i was in my really formative years um to my benefit though because I feel like it was always really good information and Uh it like created really good habits for me um just as a human in general but yeah I know I need to be more thoughtful about it it's funny because for gardening my brain's already really thinking about spring um and I just kind of skip over winter because it's you know, it's a planning time. It's just, it's so much of a soft season for us. And you just kind of, it's a lot of planning, it's a lot of prep, a lot of inspiration. But I'll let you know if I come up with anything.
1: Well, winter is the season that we're supposed to go in. So if you look at every culture out there and all the different information about food and health during mm-hmm. winter, it's the time to slow down and go in. So not only is it that for gardening, but it's for our own health. That like we're physically supposed to slow down. There is less light. So, you know, this time of year everyone always complains it gets dark so early, there's less light, this that and the other. Instead of fighting it, use it to your advantage. So, take the time to journal, get clear, do stuff around the house, um spend a little more time within. Um There's a season for everything. We're not supposed to go, go, go all the time. Just like we're not supposed to, you know, sit and, you know, wallow over all the things that we want to create all the time. For sure. Um,
0: There's a season for it. And I love this time of year. I know, I do too. I do too as well. Okay, so one more question I really want to ask. Well, a couple more, but um, I want to hear more about from the food perspective, what do you... Just in this moment now, what are you really loving to make or recommending that people make more of to complement the season and just high vibration living during this time right now? So really
1: simple food that's fresh. So when you see those little white turnips at the grocery store, they're called Tokyo turnips. They're my favorite. Um, Buy them. They're like such a treat. All you have to do is slice them in half. And you can roast them so good with roasted vegetables. You can throw them in with a soup or a stew with slow-cooked short ribs. I mean, but you can just keep it simple. So this time of year, like simply blanch or simply roast in the oven mm. a Tokyo turnip if you see it. Or don't be scared of the different winter squashes that are out there. Hello. Just buy one. Buy small because it'll be easier for you to slice if you aren't familiar with working with these different squashes. So, mm-hmm. always buy small, then it's easier for you to cut, take out the seeds, simply roast with really good sea salt. I like Redmond Real Salt. Same. And then die hard. A, yeah. Do a coarse black pepper. So, if you go to the grocery store and you look at black peppers, you'll see if you're at a good grocery store, there'll be multiple types of already already cracked pepper and you want the coarse, not the fine, Mm -hmm. that's going to give you great texture and better flavor. So when you roast the squash, when you roast the turnips, when you roast whatever vegetable it is, just that olive oil, good sea salt, coarse black pepper is really, really nice. Um, This is the season of the vegetables. Mm. And, you know, The other thing I always suggest to people if they've never done this before, but, you know, start to get in the habit of washing your rice and ideally soaking your rice overnight Um, and then looking into what other grains should be washed and soaked before you cook them and then see how much better you feel. Wow. So what does that process do? So that process, first, we're cleaning the grain, right? Because a lot of hands touched it and God knows how long it took it to get to us, right? Yeah, yeah. So we want to wash the grain before we cook it, but then we soak it because we're reactivating it. So we're Mm. bringing it back to life. We're allowing it to slightly sprout or germinate or ferment. And then when we cook it, our body can more easily digest it and you know, assimilate those benefits. Because as we know, if you don't digest your food, you aren't really absorbing any of the benefits. These days, people call that leaky gut, but it's been an issue. I think it's more of a modern issue, going back to the fact that most of us don't know how to properly prepare our food, or we're just under great amount of stress and it's really affecting our mitochondria. So if you are in a space where you can't control your stress, you still can control your food. Mm. And so just cook simply, cook from scratch, and then start to discover the traditional methods of preparing your food.
0: I mean, I think that's such a hack right there. I just, that's mind-blowing. I think that's a big shift. Like, I don't, I would be so curious, but I would wager to say like less than 10% of the people that I know soak their rice, let alone wash and soak. Well-
1: Um, I'm the type of person, and you're a mom, and you're a wife, and I'm sure you are trying to think, what am I going to make for breakfast, lunch, and dinner tomorrow? Like, you got to make sure it's already in the house. So if you're already thinking about breakfast, lunch, and dinner tomorrow, you can decide, you know what would be really nice is if I can just saute a bunch of the veggies in the fridge and um, and serve it with some rice. I'll just go ahead and soak one or two cups of rice now. Let me just go ahead and wash it off, put it in a bowl with water. Just leave it to the side. But the best benefit of learning to do this is your rice will cook faster. Like because it will have hydrated. So it cooks a little bit faster. Um and everyone will feel a little bit better too. You know, less energy is gonna go to processing the rice. Yeah. And more energy will go back into into your body and all your cells.
0: Yeah. 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 No, that's so amazing. I mean, it was a shift. We I had a couple of shifts when now because now i feed a family of five almost three full meals a day from scratch and um i don't make separate food for everybody like you get what i'm making you for the most part i do know the kids have some preferences and i honor that because i have preferences too my mom came over to our house once and we do not do a lot of sugar that's like widely known about me but like here and there and um she noticed that we had like three or four different types of like jam jelly Um, in the house because everyone just has a really strong opinion about the jelly slash jam and I'm very restrictive with the kids still because I can be on like I don't think they ever need to consume in a product more than like six to nine grams of added sugar and like really funny about that and so there is like a jam uh, crofters on the market that does a good job and it's like in a pinch we need to make a PB&J you know I'm not going to fully deprive my kids but anyways and then i've got mine which i barely ever have but it's such a treat i have to bowl my mom and then i get to have the jar and it's just like whatever anyway joe has to have his conquered grape and i'm like you're funny killing yourself with this muckers but it's fine um him and i love to have these he recently went to the store and brought home like 89 cent sliced white bread and i was like are you trying to mass murder the family like i was like you know what we're gonna do okay no judgment babe we're all learning leave this in the pantry. And in like two months when it doesn't have any mold, we're going to revisit the conversation. <laughs> and, uh, we, yeah. and Yeah. And just, let's just ponder this, not to throw anyone under the bus that I just said, you know, everyone who's your own adventure on the jam. But um, anyways, I love those tips. And I do think, oh, so the up levels I was kind of talking about when you're cooking for a big family with the whole rice is number one was, was prepping, like, like kind of the idea that, as a busy like wife and mom, you shouldn't always be making dinner at dinner time. You hopefully you can actually get to a point where you're just kind of assembling at dinner time because that's I'm such sure. a crazy time. Um, so that's thawing the meat, cooking the rice, like prepping the sides, doing that. But then we recently we're now like um we're more than a one pound of meat family. Like that's you know what I mean? You kind of that's yeah. what everyone buys. That's how it's packaged for you. Um, Five people. And so now we're like, we've gone above that. And so figuring out quantities for everyone has been a journey, but it felt like a really fun milestone, really. Cause I was like, oh my God, look at us. Like we graduated to, we're two pounders now, plus leftovers and all that. But
1: yeah. Um, and so if I was making meatballs for your family, I'd probably make two and a half to three pounds. So yeah. that way there's a few extra meatballs in the fridge for that one person that just wants to walk by and grab a snack, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. And it is it's in it's just all it's all practice, and I feel like that's so much of life, and and I've learned so much of that through raising kids. It's like they can pretty much do anything. Um, their physical limitations, I feel like they can physically do way more than you would ever ever think. And in American culture, we tend to over we tend to overassume emotion their emotional capacity. Um, but anyways, it's all practice, practice on how to eat, practice on how to you know, all the things, nourish, prep, do that. Okay, so yeah. final question. What is your favorite book? So
1: I have so many, but with one you. of my absolute favorites is called The New Whole Foods
0: Encyclopedia.
1: And this was actually assigned signed reading when I was in culinary school, but it continues to be one of my most favorite books ever. It's by Rebecca Wood. And Rebecca Wood actually studied with the woman- Dr. Amory Colbin, who started my culinary school. She also studied under Michio Kuchi, who started Erewhon. Dude. And she is a face reader. So she can look at your face and figure out everything that's going on with your digestion, with your organs, with inflammation, everything. She is like the great aunt everyone deserves to have. And this book is like the encyclopedia that should be in everyone's kitchen. And I love it for kids, especially for people who have kids, because. It can get the kid excited to try new foods. And so you can open up the book to any fruit, vegetable, nut, seed, you know, whole food, and it will tell you where it originally came from on this planet, like where it originally grew, what season it grows in, what organs it benefits and nourishes, the traditional ways that they were prepared, all the different ways that you can prepare it. It is so much fun to read because when you read about why it's good for you, you start to visualize, oh, when I eat this little rutabaga, it's going to go straight to my spleen and my liver, and it's going like, to give it the energy that it's need, and it's going to break up stagnation. And you start to oh visualize, gosh. and you're like, ooh, I want to feel that. I want that experience. I want to do that for my body. Or you know, you read about Romanesco and how it was from the Mediterranean, and it's named after Rome. and you, you get really excited. You know, you learn that the best ones come after the first frost mm-hmm. and it's just so much fun. It gets you excited about your food. And then you discover things in there that you haven't seen before, or eaten before. And you're like, Ooh, I need to look out for burdock roots so I can put a few little mm-hmm. pieces in my stew. Cause it's going to do this for me. So that is my book recommendation. Um, buying it immediately. The new Whole Foods Encyclopedia by Rebecca Wood. I have it in my Amazon shop if you can't find it. Um, And also, I finally have her coming on my podcast, the High Vibration Living Podcast. In a few weeks, uh, we recorded her her episode and I'm like... I'm telling you, she is like the great aunt we all deserve to have. So we talk a little bit about this book, but we also talk about face reading and simple things that people can do and recognize when they look in the mirror and they look at their face, where there's different redness or certain coloring, what is really going on within their system so they can change their diet and get balance back. You know, So much has been outsourced. We've outsourced so much of what we can do ourselves. And when we can take our power back and better trust what's going on in our bodies, then we can, again, make shifts faster so we can go out and do the things we really wanna do in life.
0: Okay, wait, and I do, I'm gonna make sure everyone can really find you because I want everyone to know how they can get in touch and where they can find your spices and the podcast and all that. But Okay, one crucial question that I just thought of is, So when you are cooking for someone and like, I guess I'm asking this so we can ask it of ourselves, what, what are you seeking to find so that you then know how to properly nourish someone? Like, are people coming to you and they're like, like, so if I came to you, I'd be like, oh, like I have a really hard time sleeping. I got some rosacea after I was pregnant. Like, are we going through all the things or do you like intuit it? Um, Is it a combo? Do people have major health issues? Like, I mean, how does it all go down? So when
1: I work as a personal chef for a family, they often come to me because they just want healthy meals. Mm. And they've tried all the delivery services and it hasn't brought them enough food or what they like and they're picky. And so we just go over what they need, the foods they like, what they want more of. Usually the basics. As I start coming to their home and I get to know them and they start coming into the kitchen and just chatting with me about their life, everything else unfolds. And what I find is with the food that I prepare for them, the layers start naturally falling off. So they don't just open up to me, but they evolve spiritually and become more open-minded about health and wellness and trying new supplements and trying new modalities. Um, Everything evolves. So over time, I start making food that's much more specific for what they really need. Because they've opened up and started to share that mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's intuitive. Um, I also find, as I get to know my clients, you know, I can look into their fridge and into their pantry remotely,
0: mm-hmm. so I can
1: see if they're out of stock of certain things mm-hmm. um, I can see if they need me to pick up something that I know they ran out of, but mm-hmm. they haven't communicated that to me, and mm-hmm. I'll just do it for them. Mm-hmm. so that starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really fun and lovely. And I really try to treat it as how would I want it to be when I have a personal chef? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. how would I want that experience to be? Um, and that's what I try to bring to, to the table. And with all my clients, I've been with just about all my clients for five years. Wow. See, one of my clients, seven years. Wow. You're like yeah. part of the
0: family. That's so crazy.
1: Yeah, every Monday I'm at the same house, you know, every Sunday at the same house. I've traveled with them. That's um, so cool. It's amazing. Yeah. So you start to naturally, you know, uh, I'll put together a suggested menu for them to choose from, but I know that they're going to choose this, this, that, that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You just intuitively know, oh, I have a feeling that they're craving this this week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh and it's gosh. great. I love it. I love it. Okay. So how can everybody get in touch and just get more of your goodness? Thank you. Well, you guys can find me on every social
1: media channel as Whitney Aronoff. And my website is Starseed Kitchen, and that's where you can buy my organic spice blends. If you're in Los Angeles, you can shop at any Erewhon. And the Starseed 11 is in the Erewhon shops, but the Adobo is only on my website. And I also have a podcast because I love just talking about where food, wellness, and spirituality meet. And that's called the High Vibration Living Podcast. And I believe those are all the great
0: places at this time. Amazing. Thank you so much for enlightening us today and just sharing all of this. Um, Truly just so lovely. And you're doing such incredible work. I'm so excited to follow your journey and like see what's next.
1: Oh, thank you. I love chatting with you because you get it. You're so deep. And deeply connected to the food and the garden. And I absolutely love it and appreciate it. And I could talk to you for
0: hours. (laughs) Well, then more to come, more to come. Okay. We will chat soon. I hope this episode has been balm for the soul and inspiration for the heart. I would love if you left a review to let me know your thoughts or anything you're interested in learning. And I'm so grateful that you found this space for more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned, visit us at aileyvantassel.com slash podcast.